Hey everybody, it's Andy Little from the EM Over Easy podcast here with episode 28, Uncle Sal. This is a great show where Drew and I had the opportunity to sit down with the awesome founder of Rebel EM, Salim Razai. Again, want to give a big shout out and thanks to Salim for being on the show, and we hope that all of our listeners enjoy the content. Again, don't forget to follow us on the SoundCloud app or on iTunes. Thanks so much. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of EM Over Easy, coming from a special location. Today, we're in San Francisco at the uh, ACOEP conference. I'm Drew Kelno with Andy Little, the two co-hosts, and Salim Razai, our awesome guest today. He's the, the man behind Rebel EM um, and many, many other things. Welcome, and thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Yeah, you guys, you just turned three today, right? Yeah, or yeah. This last week? Yeah, yeah. Rebel EM turned three years old. I, I can't believe it. October 28th. October yeah. 28th. I, yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, ha- having well, both of us have three-year-olds, and so we know what a, an actual three-year-old's <laughs> like. And hopefully Rebel EM has been a little more I, 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 enjoyable. Personally, yeah, I think it's matured yeah, a lot more than my three-year-old has. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's no years. diaper changes yeah. or, you know, yeah. remembering when to feed and all yeah. that. So I don't have to remember yeah. all that. There's late so. nights up, and there's nights of lost sleep and worrying about how well they're doing. But other than that, there's the, Short of that, it's about there's, it. There's not the bodily function part, which is good. <laughs> So, Salim, we really wanted to bring you in to talk more about you. I think a lot of people know about Rebelcast. They know about how involved you are with the teaching course and the teaching institute and, and everything else you do professionally. Um, but we want to kind of talk about, like, what um, is what makes Salim Salim. So, yeah. um, when you got started on this whole journey, you were what? W- when did you want to start doing Rebelcast? What, when, was, when did the idea come? Because it was probably more, more than three years ago. Uh, actually, no, it wasn't. Okay. So, yeah. So, you know, I was, I graduated from residency in 2010. Okay. And, you know, one of the things when you get into academics that everyone keeps talking about is what, find your niche, find your niche. Yeah. And it's like so stressful because you're trying to like pass your written boards, your oral yeah. boards. And then at the same time, you got like residents and med students you're responsible for. And then, and then on top of that, I need to find a niche too. Yeah. And so I, you know, I had no idea what I was going to get into. I, uh, thought maybe I was going to do a critical care fellowship on top of everything um, or pick up one of these like academic fellowships that people are now offering. And Matt Aston, actually, one of my good buddies said, hey, uh, you should make a Twitter account. And I was like, a Twitter account? I, I don't really care what Justin Bieber does yeah. like on Twitter. I, I don't I don't really care. The thought was celebrities use Twitter, but why yeah. would a, that, that why would a doctor? That was absolutely my first feeling of Twitter when somebody said you should create a, a persona on Twitter. And I was like, yeah. what? I was like, I was like, I have no idea. I don't even know what a hashtag is. Like they used to call it pound signs. Like am I dating myself <laughs> a little bit? Like, it, but now it's a hashtag. That's the new the new thing. But um, so I did that, and then within a month of doing that, Michelle Lynn from Academic Life and Emergency Medicine contacted me. Wow. And asked me if I'd be interested in writing on her blog. And that probably was the single best thing that ever happened to me because she's turned into one of my my favorite mentors, one of my original mentors, and still mentors me to this day and kind of helped push me along and develop the idea of starting Rebel uh, EM and Rebel Cast. So honestly, the idea didn't start like a long, 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 long time ago. Is just I was writing for Michelle and she just kind of helped mentor me along the nice. way, nice. and so the idea kind of popped up, kind of spontaneously in conversations I had with Michelle. Yeah. Michelle has a way of doing that with people. Yeah, I, yeah. I she just like waters the plant and just watches it grow. Yeah, she's like, better with, better with that plant than you probably are with yours. At home, yeah, yeah. Right? My plant's <laughs> almost half dead. Like, but let's. I mean. So when so when you had that kind of thought, um, 
what was it like when you first put yourself out there? Because I think that's probably the, you know, when we first started, that was kind of our big, like, well, we'll see what happens. And, you know, how did you originally take those first six months? Like, So the first six months for me was the learning curve of how to use WordPress and yeah. how to use, like, all the different things on the blog because I just didn't study at all in, like, computer programming language or anything like that. And that was the thing that I think made me the most nervous wasn't, just putting the content out, but it was like how to use the the technology to get the content out. Um, Because at that point, I had already been writing for like a year, year and a half for Michelle. So I kind of had my own, figured out my own own voice and exactly how I wanted to do things. So it was just a matter of learning how to use WordPress. And so I think the first six months was really spent on watching YouTube videos and you know, listening to what people have to say, like online forums and stuff about what are the things you need to know, what are the plugins you need, and so that first six months was just was learning the technology. How would you say? I, I, I love RebelYM. I think it's a fantastic website. Yeah. I, it, Andy being a new attending, I'm a fourth year resident looking to be an attending in an academic place, and we were talking before we started recording about you know finding that niche and, and a little bit. Yeah. How how did you find that to be your niche, or, or what is is that? become for you? I mean, your, your name is now everywhere. Yeah, you have the, the teaching course, soon to be the podcasting course. <laughs> um, it's pretty exciting. You have a recognizable face these days, at least in, in the world of emergency medicine. Yeah. I spotted um, him yesterday. I was like, oh, that's Slim. I, I, I found you walking in the front of the restaurant from, wow. from in the back. You go, hey, Andy, I think that's our, our guest uh, today. But how did... It's something that's important, I think, whether you want to do academics or not, is to find... Create, create a brand, find your niche. What, what are you going to do in life? Because that's the the way you have a successful career in emergency medicine. How did how did that all develop for you? And, and and really, you're not that far out from a lot of us that are just graduated or graduated, so you have a good perspective on this. Yeah, I'm really not. Like, I'm only, like, six years out, which, I mean, when you think about it, I haven't even had to recertify yet, right? I'm, I'm just still <laughs> taking my LLSAs and just getting ready to do all the little check marks to take it. But um, for me, the one thing I felt like I never really got taught well as a student, as a resident was, you know, my faculty would come out and be like, oh, this new trial just came out and, you know, said this. And short of like taking their word for it and reading that literature, I really had no idea about statistics and what was statistically significant and clinically significant and what the hell is a likelihood ratio and like all this stuff. Like nobody ever taught me that stuff. And it, it was nothing I was ever taught as a student or a resident but I knew it was important in terms of how we practice medicine. And so I wanted to kind of help cut down knowledge translation, but also do some like critical appraisal, but do it in a way that could be digestible and palatable by people that like don't do evidence-based medicine yeah. every day. Right. And I had no idea it was gonna turn into this Rebel EM, Rebel Cast thing, which is a very fitting actually, the way the name and the logo and everything kind of came out because it, it kind of like, bashes some studies and it yeah. kind of myth busts in a way yeah. and you're, I, you're, you're kind of taking down the, what the proverbial giants of medicine and saying, well this really wasn't that good I right. don't know why you're saying it was yeah. right and so I had no idea that's what it was going to turn into like yeah. what in my mind what it was going to turn into was an archive yeah. of current literature with critical appraisal with a clinical spin on it how do I apply this at the bedside that is literally what my idea was when I first started it and it's just kind of turned into this much bigger thing now Pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. So to kind of spin off of that, what gets you out of bed in the morning? I think that's because that's that's the that's the one thing that people talk about is like you know you see you know great stars in emergency medicine like they must have a great personal life. I mean, I hope their whole life's the way at least their persona is. And what gets them out of bed to continue doing what they're doing? 
Yeah, for me, it's uh, it's my family. So I, I, I'm born and raised in San Antonio. I, I did go away for med school and residency, but ultimately I ended up back in San Antonio. And my entire family lives in San Antonio. So I have uh, two younger brothers, two younger sisters. They're all married with kids. So I have these like nephews and nieces that are just adorable. They range anywhere from age two months up to about 11 or 12 years of age. And so what gets me up every day is going and playing with them. Um, I love playing with them. I'm so like, the fun uncle, I I'm take I'm the it? cool uncle. Yeah. Like, I'm the cool uncle Sal. Like, I give them candy and soda, and then I give them back to their parents, and I'm like, good luck, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, they are my life. Like, I do all this other stuff as, like, a side gig. Like, it's just, it's fun to do. I, I think I think at the end of the day, like, nobody wants to just go and punch in and punch out of work. You, like, want to find that, that special thing that keeps you going. And so, in addition to family and friends and spending time with them and trying to exercise and not have a heart attack in yeah. my 40s. I, I think my family is what gets me up every day and just get keeps me going. I, I just I love playing with my nephews and nieces. That's cool. That's uh, as I'm a dad of three, and uh, I guess I can officially announce this will come out after we, we get our ultrasound. Um, we'll, we'll be a family for this next spring. So oh, I, man, I can, you almost got a basketball team going. <laughs> yeah, I think we're probably going to stop it for that. I think my wife will she'll be like, ah, four's fine. Um, we have to get a bigger car after that, I think is the problem. <laughs> um, we have to, we'll grab the minivan if we have more than four. I was going to say, is it going to be the minivan where you apply the planks of wood to the side of it? or? <laughs> but that's that's a good thought I had not thought about. Oh, I'll just you know, throw yeah. it out there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just the little family across yeah. the plank that's of right. wood. And have that be our decal. Um, <laughs> So, but it, I think that's one thing you brought up is interesting is a lot of people think that, um, you know, your persona probably is you go to work and then you go home and just do Rebelcast all the time. And I think that's, that's good for people to hear that you can have more of a life than, um, than just work and what, what you also, also do professionally, but it's also good to have that other professional thing to make maybe work palatable or make, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on a string of five, but I get to go to speak at a conference in, for a week. Yeah, and I think it's important to balance all that. I think a lot of times we all, I mean, we're all workaholics, right? I mean, we, we spent all that time in the library when we were students. We, as residents, like, we're just kind of at the mercy of they say jump and we ask how high. We're just trying to go through all the hoops and jump all the hurdles. And so I think once you become a faculty, you forget what it's like to be a normal person. Like, go to a concert or travel somewhere and not work for a while. Just kind of disconnect, unplug from everything. And I, I think it's important to have that what is it outside of work that keeps you going? And as a matter of fact, I tell people one piece of advice that I always give is whatever hobby it was that you were doing before you got into med school and residency, or maybe you kept doing it, like whether it be triathlons or playing an instrument, always make time for that. Never give up on that because what you'll soon find is you forget to speak English. It, you have to learn this whole other language of medicine and you like, even your jokes turn into like things related to work and medical jokes and it's like you just forget how to be a human being and so don't give up on whatever hobbies or things that, that you do and for me it's uh, basically working out triathlons and my family um, those are the three things that I love doing and I, I, I do outside of work that I've not given up and I think that's easy, easy to happen uh, the first you go through medical school your first two years of residency uh, life gets crazy and you're happy if uh, you can see your significant other, your plant, your your dog, whatever, for, for an hour or two a, a day. The light's at the end of the tunnel for me. i got a couple months left for residency. You know, Andy's been out for almost a year, or going on a year, you a few years. It, it does get better. There is that light. You know, I've, it does I've been get able better. to, I think, hold on to a lot of what I enjoyed, but now find a lot of it again, too. And family is always important, but now with only one three-and-a-half-year-old running around the house, you know, I, I do my schedule around time with my wife and my kid and, and then get in that 
hour where I can get a workout in, a run, a bike, uh, a swim, whatever the case may be. But that's that's great advice. If you could give a little more advice to us uh, younger people out there, how what would be your advice to stamping your career from the start? Like, how do you? What would be your advice to get somebody to start to go where they want to go as they finish residency or the end of residency? Because I think. Yeah. That third and fourth year resident, depending on what your program you're at, that's where you really have your chance to create that Twitter account and and build a little bit of a, an emergency medicine following if that's what you're into, or build try brand. to do a yeah. podcast or a blog, or maybe it has nothing to do with that and it's something else. But what's your advice to finding that passion, following that passion, and creating your your persona? Yeah, I so I have a couple pieces of advice on that. So I, I think early on, you're so green behind the ears, you have no idea what your niche is going to end up being. You, you just don't. Like you may think you know. Just like when you were a med student, like I thought I was gonna be an orthopedic surgeon. We all see how that turned out. Yeah. I'm glad you're not. Yeah, so I- You're probably nicer. Probably, I, I don't know, Some that might be questionable. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I think you don't really know, even if you think you know. So say yes to a lot of things early on. Yeah. Try and find synchrony in those things that you're saying yes to. Sure. If you would've asked me four years ago, that I was going to be known for having a, a Twitter account and a blog and a podcast and doing critical appraisal, I would have laughed at you. I would have laughed at you. I, I really, I would have. But I, I said yes to it, and it it turned out that it just literally it fell in my lap because a friend asked me to make a Twitter account. I know it sounds so silly, but that is like how I ended up finding my niche. And so I think early on you don't know, say yes, but then you have to start reining that in pretty quickly. So you can go too far the other way, where if you say yes to too many things, then you don't have time to do all the other stuff that you no want to do. No becomes a very hard word. Yeah, yeah, it does. But it's okay to say no. And you don't have to say no. Like, I think there's a way to say no. Like, I can't do it this year. Would you keep me in mind for next year? Sure. So where you're not really saying no, but you're saying no. Um, where you're not closing all the doors for yourself. And then the other thing is I think start looking for synchrony and the things that you are saying yes to. So you don't want to be doing 20 different projects on 20 different things, getting pulled in 20 different directions. You want to be working on 20 projects that are all have synchrony. So like I try and find that. So every like lecture I give, I try and turn into a podcast or a blog post or maybe even into a publication for a journal as a review article. I, I try and find synchrony in the things that I'm doing. So to kind of close, we typically close with these last two questions. We've asked all the people we've had on. So the first one is um, breakfast. So if you're going to have breakfast. Which you don't before talks. Apparently. Which you don't before talks. Which I, don't, I don't eat before. It's, it's not going to be pretty for me or anybody watching. So, so if you're going to go have breakfast somewhere, what, where is it and what do you have? Uh, it's at home and it's a homemade omelet. Uh, veggie omelet actually is like my favorite thing to have. Okay. And when you say so, veggie, is it like... Peppers, onions, tomatoes. Peppers, onions, tomatoes, bell peppers, like you name it, it's in there. Nice. It's fantastic. Nice. The veggie omelet made at home. And it's, it's one, that, one that you make or one that one, your mom makes? One that I make. Wow. That's my go-to order at uh, DK Diner in Columbus, Ohio, yeah. is the veggie should omelet. I, should I have said IHOP? No, it's absolutely Big steak not. omelet at IHOP? No, but it, oh, okay. Well, if that's your thing. <laughs> Kevin Clower's a Waffle House guy, so I don't know if you were okay. going to go. I don't know if you were going to go somewhere ghetto like that. or. You know, I think it's hard in the U.S. to, to really, like, watch our weight and what we're eating when you go out and eat. Yeah. And I so I, I like preparing a lot of my own food. I actually do a lot of food prep, actually, oh, nice. before I go into my string of shifts so that I know that what I'm, what I'm putting into my body is, like, not going to be lots of carbs and lots of fat and then just start putting weight on it it's really hard to do it takes time to do it but but i think preparing my own veggie omelet at home sitting on my patio looking out into the hill country is is kind of my ideal breakfast sounds, per sounds perfect sounds to me. awesome sounds awesome and then now, go if, for it. if you could be 
we recently had a little talk about superheroes. So if you could be any superhero. Now let's premise this. Drew said Splinter was a superhero. Okay. So that, so, that, no, that tells I, you that I tells take, you the I take a very wide definition a wide of superhero, superhero and I explained why I like Splinter as yes, my personal superhero. I made a good explanation for it. You made an explanation. We'll go there. Yeah. Um, and I and, and my favorite's Thor. Our other co-host his favorite is the Wolverine. So if you could be a superhero, who would it be and why, why what what draws you to that superhero? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I was actually already thinking Wolverine <laughs> before you said that. Yeah. I mean, how cool would it be to like never hurt <laughs> yeah. and basically heal and not have arthritis in your knee? And um, I, I was thinking Wolverine, but I, I think on second thought, I, I would go Batman. Which is interesting because Andy would tell you that Batman is not a superhero. I know, he but doesn't, I, I, I struggle he doesn't with Batman have superhero. superpowers. But I, man, I totally disagree. He's like the MacGyver of superheroes, man. I, he like I, I do not disagree with that. I mean, yeah. he the gadgets he has, and so like, could you imagine being in the ER and just being the Batman of like emergency medicine, where like, I don't know, come up with like whatever the new glide scope's gonna be, and That's like, true. like, yeah. I mean, what else could you like ask for? Yeah, and you can tell your patients to sit down in a deep voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sit down in your bed. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think I'd go Batman. Okay, I think I'd nice. go Batman. I just, I just like all the little gadgets and toys. And like, let's face it, man, that car that is, is the true. bomb. The Batwing, the Batcar, the Batboat. But, yeah. Alter ego where you have... I actually just want my own personal butler that is also a I mean, there's that, there's that right? too. I mean, <laughs> there's that too. I mean, you get your own butler. So I mean, that's it's all built really in. as good as it gets. Yeah, no, that's true. All right, I might have to rethink my idea of Batman as a superhero. <laughs> now that it keeps coming up, the people think he's a superhero. So. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, awesome to have you. Looking forward to your talk in an hour or so. Yeah, uh, thanks for conference. having me, guys. I appreciate it. This was fun. Yeah.